Trivial Knowledge, a little bit about a whole lot. My name is Stephanie, and I'm excited to bring to you this next episode of Trivial Knowledge. Here's a little bit of background on this podcast before we start. I created this podcast to explore our universe together, to go back in time to learn about ancient history, across the oceans to understand other cultures, to journey through athletics, science, technology, and more. Each episode brings you a weekly dose of knowledge from five different topics drawn from four broad categories. And to add to the fun, one topic will be acquired from a random Wikipedia page. With such an extensive range of topics, there's going to be something here for everyone. So let's dive in to episode two. It's Greek to me, hubris and agogi. Social Sciences. Our first stop in today's episode brings us a tale from Greek mythology. So grab a cup of tea, curl up in your favorite chair, and listen to the tragic myth of Niobe. Before we get into the myth, I first want to talk to you about what's central to this Greek myth, and that is the Greek word for arrogance or excessive pride, hubris. Now Niobe was a daughter of Tantalus, who was known for his eternal punishment in Tartarus. She had two brothers, Broteus, who was a hunter, and Pelops, who would become king of Pisa and Peloponnesa, a peninsula in Greece that was named after him. Now Niobe grew up to marry Amphion, the king of Thebes, and the son of Zeus. The couple had 14 children together, seven sons and seven daughters. It was her excessive pride in her children that would eventually lead to her downfall. While attending a ceremony in honor of Leto, also known as Latona, who was the wife of Zeus and the mother of twins Apollo and Artemis, Niobe boasted that she was better than Leto because she was blessed with 14 children to Leto's two. A quote from the Book of Myths published by John Lang in 1914 describes Niobe's arrogance at this ceremony. Oh foolish ones, she said, and her voice was full of scorn. Am I not greater than Latona? I am the daughter of a goddess, my husband, the king, the son of a god. Am I not fair? Am I not queenly as Latona herself? And of a surety, I am richer by far than the goddess who has but one daughter and one son. Look on my seven noble sons. Behold the beauty of my seven daughters, and see if they, in beauty and all else, do not equal the dwellers in Olympus. Now, depending on which rendition of the myth you read, either Apollo and Artemis overheard this comment and punished Niobe's children, or it was their mother Leto who sent her children to punish Niobe's. In any case, Apollo, the god of light and music, killed all seven of Niobe's sons, while his sister Artemis, the goddess of nature and hunting, killed all seven of Niobe's daughters. The children's father Amphion also died, either by his own hand due to his immense grief, or by Apollo when Amphion tried to avenge his children's deaths. Niobe was devastated by the loss of her children and of her husband, and she retreated to Mount Sipolis, begging the gods to end her pain. Zeus, taking pity on his granddaughter, granted her request and turned her into stone. But even as stone, Niobe continued to cry creating a stream which is now a moving reminder of a mother's eternal grief. Today, people from around the world visit Mount Sipolis in Turkey 
to see her faint image in a limestone cliff on the mountain. Water seeps out of its porous rocks, creating an illusion of tears. Like many Greek myths, the tragic myth of Niobe can be found in literature, fine arts, and music throughout history. In literature, the myth is mentioned in Homer's Iliad and in Sophocles' Antigone, where Antigone compares her loneliness to Niobe's. It can be found in the Louvre Museum as a subject of an attic calyx crater, a type of wine vessel found in Orvieto, Italy. The myth was the subject of many post-Renaissance artists as well, including a painting by English artist Richard Wilson titled The Destruction of the Children of Niobe, painted in 1760. British composer Benjamin Britten composed the six metamorphoses after Ovid, one of which is based on Niobe. Four ships in the British Royal Navy have been called HMS Niobe, the last one launching in 1897. And for those crossword enthusiasts out there, the myth has appeared in the New York Times crossword 139 times in 2018. And lastly, for those science lovers, there is even an element named Niobium. Sports and Entertainment Fire Jump Spear Throw Herculean Hoist If you recognize what these are, then you may be one of the over 8 million participants that have crossed a Spartan race finish line. Founded in 2007 by Joe DeSena, the Spartan race was created as a more achievable offshoot of the 48-hour endurance event, the Death Race, which started in 2004. Since its creation, the Spartan races have become immensely popular throughout the world and are described on the Spartan website as obstacle courses which seek to manufacture adversity, which then trains your body and mind to overcome obstacles on the course and in your everyday lives. Spartans develop a resilient spirit, a capable body and mind, all supported and driven by an incredible community. Since the very first Spartan race, which was held at the Catamount Outdoor Center in Williston, Vermont in 2010, Spartan races have been held throughout the United States and in over 30 other countries in the world, to include Canada, South Korea, Australia, and in several European countries. Today, Spartan races consist of several different races with varying distances and obstacles involved so that beginners and experts alike can find a race that they enjoy. The shortest race is called the Spartan Sprint. And it is a 3 to 5 mile race consisting of 20 to 25 obstacles spread throughout. The Spartan Super, the next in line, is significantly more difficult than the Spartan Sprint and consists of an 8 to 10 mile race with 25 to 30 obstacles throughout. The Spartan Beast is a 12 to 14 mile race with 30 to 35 obstacles and is the most difficult Spartan race in the trifecta. To win the Spartan trifecta, a competitor must complete the Spartan Sprint, the Spartan Super, and the Spartan Beast in one calendar year. If the Spartan Beast doesn't seem difficult enough for you, don't worry, you may want to try the next level race, the Spartan Ultra. The Ultra is a 30 mile race over rugged terrain and it involves 60 to 70 obstacles spaced throughout the race. It is also the only Spartan race to have a strict time cutoff, which means not all competitors will finish this race. 
Spartan also sponsors races for children 4 to 13 years old to encourage exercise and activity in these age groups. The 4 to 8 year olds can participate in a one half mile fun run, while the older children can opt to participate in a two mile obstacle race. For those who would like to participate in a fully immersive training program, then the Agogi, which is held in locations across the globe, including in past years in Mongolia, Isle of Skye, Scotland, and along the Great Wall of China, may interest you. The original Greek Agogi, which was a rigorous training program for all citizens of ancient Sparta, inspired this program. In 2019, the Agogi was held in Namibia and in the Greek Isles. A description from the Spartan website for the Agogi held in the Greek Isles states, Deep in the Cyclades, on the island of Naxaw, Agogi students will traverse towering mountain ranges and death-defying cliffs, discover caves and ancient temples, find lost churches, meet reclusive fishermen and monks in hidden alleyways, and barter the clothes off their backs for food and supplies to cross the vast open sea. These missions will bring Naxos to life as it was more than 2,000 years ago, as students seek to change their lives. Along with the races we already discussed, the Spartan race also holds several series of races. In the past, the honor series was held, which occurred on military bases throughout the country. The stadium series is a 5K, 20 obstacle event and is currently held in ballparks and football stadiums across the nation, with past races being held in the stadiums of the Dodgers, Cowboys, Packers, Red Sox, and the Nationals. A global championship takes place across 40 countries and leads to the Spartan World Championship, which is held yearly. Spartan has even found its way in television, including two seasons of Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge and Spartan The Championship, which launched on ESPN and ESPN2 in 2018. To help prepare competitors for races, Spartan also hosts Spartan Life, a website that features fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle content. So what does Desena, the creator of Spartan, have to say about his race? In a quote taken from an article written by Nate Dern and posted in The Atlantic on July 14, 2018, Desena says, Look, at the end of the day, most of us are extremely lazy and our modern environment allows us to be lazy. If someone wants to change that and feel good and go exercise, does a 26.2 mile race on pavement sound appealing? In contrast with Spartan, it's just and more fun. The imagery, the videos, it's just more likely to rip someone off the couch. If this sounds like something you would like to try if you haven't already, or if you're ready to start 2020 with a new challenge, visit www.spartan.com for training tips and to sign up for your first or next race. Science and Technology Black licorice. Do you love it or do you hate it? Black licorice has been around since ancient times, when the Egyptians and Assyrians would use it to make a drink to suppress their thirst while on the battlefield. In the mid-16th century, monks would introduce it to the United Kingdom when they brought it to their monastery garden in Pumfret, West Yorkshire. Many years later, a Yorkshire chemist named George Dunhill would add sugar to the licorice, creating the first Pumfret cake a small, circular black candy. But some of those who would eat this sweet 
especially in large quantities, would develop serious side effects to include low potassium, weakness of the arms and legs, and rhabdomyolysis due to the death of their muscle fibers. But what caused people to develop these serious side effects? Turns out, it was the black licorice at fault. Glycerizin is the sweet-tasting constituent of the licorice root, which is native to countries in the Middle East, Asia, and eastern parts of Southern Europe. Along with its use in black licorice candy, glycerizin has also been approved for use as flavoring and aroma in a variety of substances, including manufactured foods, beverages, candies, and seasonings. Its sweetness, which is 30 to 50 times sweeter than your common table sugar, has a slower onset, lingering in your mouth for a longer period of time. It even maintains its sweetness under heating. But it is glycerizin, the active component of black licorice, that causes its side effects. Chronic consumption of black licorice has been linked with blood pressure increases, irregular heart rhythms, and is also known to interact with certain prescription medications. Many of these symptoms are related to glycerizin's ability to inhibit cortisol metabolism within the kidney. This in turn leads to decreases in blood levels of renin, potassium, and aldosterone, leading to the symptoms seen with overconsumption of black licorice. Other side effects are connected to the amount and to the frequency that black licorice is consumed, and they include swelling, tiredness, headaches, muscle weakness, rapid heart rate, and kidney failure. But as with most things, glycerizin is not all bad. It is currently undergoing laboratory and preliminary clinical research to see if it has activities against common viruses such as the liver viral infection hepatitis C. Because of its significant side effects when consumed in large quantities, the FDA does recommend minimizing the amount of black licorice consumed for all age groups. For those who would rather indulge in red licorice, the good news is that red licorice does not contain glycerizin and therefore does not cause the significant side effects seen with black licorice. For those who do enjoy black licorice though, just remember, consume it in moderation. Geography and World Culture from Pumfret, West Yorkshire, where the famous Pumfret cakes were created, we travel south across England to a small English town called Beacon Hill. Located in Hindhead, Surrey, which is southwest of London, Beacon Hill obtained its name from being one of the original beacon sites in England. Unlike a lot of English towns, Beacon Hill wasn't established until the 19th century, but then it grew rapidly, becoming residential in the 1880s. Today it lies between two main roads, the A287 Hazelmere to Farnham Road and Tilford Road. While the town was built more recently than much of England, it does still have an interesting history, beginning with its churches. The first church built in Beacon Hill was the United Reformed Church, known formerly as the Beacon Hill Congregational Church. John Grover, a London developer known for his work on railroads in England, Mexico, and Venezuela, as well as the invention of the split washer, built the church in 1905. The church then underwent major refurbishment post-2005, including the addition of meeting rooms in the hub, a coffee bar with computers, printing, and Wi-Fi facilities. Today it sits off the A287 with its large glass windows facing the road. St. Anselm's Church is a Roman Catholic congregation that encompasses the Catholic parish of Hazelmere, Hindhead, and Chittingfold. 
The church was established on its current site off Tilford Road in the 1950s and possesses a statue of Our Lady and the Holy Child created by Michael Lindsay Clark. Perhaps Beacon Hill's most famous claim though is its golf course called the Hindhead Golf Course and Club established by Edward Turrell, owner of Hindhead School and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator and author of the Sherlock Holmes novels. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was also the very first president of the club. The development of the clubhouse began in 1904, initially opening with only 12 holes. The full 18-hole course would open later, underneath the prestige of a match between James Braid and J.H. Taylor, two of the three great triumvirates who were the leading British golfers in the late 19th and early 20th century. Many notable players have become members of the club to include Peter Elise, a former British golfer, now regarded as the BBC's voice of golf and also an inductee into the World Golf Hall of Fame. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle also encouraged David Lloyd George, who was Prime Minister of the United Kingdom in the early 20th century, to move to the area in 1921. Along with the Hindhead Golf Course and Club, Beacon Hill is also home to the Hindhead Royal British Legion Club since the early 20th century. The club hosts numerous events for the town to include a children's Christmas party and an Easter egg hunt. It also hosts the Beacon Hill Beer Festival, held for two days every May, with proceeds going to a charity, this past year to the Poppy Appeal and the Macmillan Cancer Support Community. Along with golf, cricket is also popular in the area and the Hindhead Cricket Club hosted two international women cricket matches in the 1950s. Beacon Hill has a little bit of everything, but for those of you who know someone who loves golfing and loves Sherlock Holmes, gifting a trip to Beacon Hill to play on a golf course established by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle himself may be the perfect present. Today's Random Topic Our last stop brings us back to the United States, to the Commonwealth of Virginia, 13 years ago when the state celebrated their quadrant centennial in the creation of their unofficial state tartan. The tartan was originally created in the early 2000s and was initially used in marketing for a range of products to include Kinmount Scotch Whiskey. The Kinmount House is in Dumfries and Galloway in Scotland and was the home of the noble Douglas family. One member of this noble family, Sir John Douglas, the 8th Marquis of Queensbury, helped to create the Queensbury rules that still govern the sport of boxing to this day. The tartan used for Kinmount Scotch Whiskey was called Major Pick and was designed on May 10, 2003 by David McGill of International Tartans, located in Edinburgh, Scotland. David McGill also created the tartan for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's Diamond Jubilee to mark her 60th anniversary as Queen. The Major Pick tartan incorporated the colors yellow, red, black, and brown in its pattern. Because these colors reflected the colors found in the American dogwood, which is Virginia's state flower and tree, it was selected as Virginia's tartan in 2005. The name of the tartan also changed from Major Pick to Virginia at that time. In 2007, Governor Tim Kaine made the selection of this tartan official, and it was given its current name of Virginia Quadrancentennial Tartan to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the first European settlers to America at Jamestown in 1607. 
If you are curious to see what the tartan looks like or would like to learn more about the history of tartans, please visit my website at www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. And that concludes this episode of Trivial Knowledge. A little bit about a whole lot. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you were able to take away some interesting facts that were new to you and that you can share with friends and family or at your local trivia night. If you would like to read the blog post discussing the history of tartans, would like links to more in-depth articles on topics you enjoyed, or would like a sneak peek about next week's episode, please visit my website at www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. That's www.trivialknowledgepodcast.com. If you have questions or would like to leave comments about today's episode, please email me at trivialknowledge5 at gmail.com or contact me via social media links on my website. I look forward to our new adventures next week when we discover why Harry Raymond Eastlack's skeleton resides in a museum in Philadelphia and much, much more. I will end this episode with a quote from Confucius. When you know a thing, to hold that you know it, and when you do not know a thing, to allow that you do not know it, this is knowledge. Join me next week to learn a little bit more about a whole lot.